put them together in a wacky team up. <laughs> Where they meet Jack Black. They meet Jack Black. He's a guitar god. <laughs> that's uh, the that's the, the rock. That's the second most overused comic book trope, and I hate it. I, agree. I just yeah, I'm not into it. It's yeah. like it's, it's like okay, do something original, guys. Mm-hmm. Wait, second. What's the first? Dead parents. Dead parents. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, you're not wrong. Um, but but uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say a, a supernatural element. Super you have like yeah. a very basic book about something like crime or whatever. Only there's a supernatural element. Winchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you throw a couple of Winchesters in there, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, jeez, come on again. Or like a, or like zombies or vampires or werewolves or damn Scott magic just didn't, he didn't, or he didn't grab onto my joke either swamps, either he didn't get it swamp, or he didn't like swamp it. things swamp no no I get it Those supernatural swamp things <laughs> uh, no that's that's funny I mean like I I have to be in a certain mood uh, to read a supernatural story I, like honestly it just has to be a certain type of setting um, I'd say Thursday I, nights at nine on the CW yeah right. Uh, no, I, I think honestly, for me to like really hunker down and read like a a story that ha- that's like bloated with supernatural elements, uh, in all honesty, like the only place I could really do that is in the Savage Land. What better way to welcome in the spookiest of months than talking about the spookiest of writers? It's the Savage Land. I'm Jason. Ooh, I'm Matt. Oh my god, don't do it. Oh yeah, I forgot we can't we can't we can't do can't make the Rachel, it, it breaks Rachel. Breaks Rachel every time. Let's wait for Rachel to gather herself while we introduce uh, our guest today. He's coming in from the uh, the Spider Man Minute, the Cornetto Minute, and uh, DuelingGenre.com. Welcome back, Scott Corelli. All work and no play makes Savage Land something something. <laughs> Expert. This is uh, that's how you know Scott's one of the pros. He just he can come in and and really give the uh, the hot polished content. Oh, beep, good. beep, Savage Land. <laughs> How you doing over there, Rach? I'm good. I'm Rachel. <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt. I'm good. I'm Rachel. <laughs> there it is. Nailed it. I feel like that's what Rachel says to herself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm good. While pointing I'm finger Rachel. guns at herself. I'm good. I'm Rachel. Finger gun. You can do it. You can do it. And then she like slaps the message above her doorway that she puts there to acknowledge every day that's like empower yourself daily or some shit. The the hang in there there, cat poster. What's the Stuart Smalley? I'm I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people People like me. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Well, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, my spirit animal is. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart from Mad TV. I love. That's one of my favorite Mad TV yes. bits of all time. It's good. You know stuff. what's funny? I I was watching an old Stuart the other day, and it had uh, uh, me, uh, uh, Keegan Michael Key in it. Oh really? Oh yeah, he was on Mad he TV was, for a while. He was on Mad TV. I forgot completely. That's right. right. Yeah, I forget everything about him pre uh, pre Key and Peel. It's just you know, it's like what else is there in the world? 
Speaking of Key and Peele, I watched the new Dave Chappelle stand-up, which I didn't think was very funny, but he made a pretty funny joke about Key and Peele doing his show every night. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that, that is, that is uh, a little true. Um, but they did it better. Don't at me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Everybody, uh, everybody at him. <laughs> yeah, everybody at me. Um, I guess on this episode, we'll just uh, supplant catch-up by talking about It, since we all saw It, and maybe we can throw <coughs> some Dark Tower in there, uh, and then we'll just oh, great. foray that right into uh, the, uh, the Stephen King adaptation talk. So uh, let's talk about the scary clown movie, guys. Oh, yes. wait, it was a clown the whole time? <gasps> Spoilers. <laughs> what? My God. I know, we wouldn't have known. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just jump in real quick here. Cause, uh, so I read it, it and Rachel quick. and I have this in common. We both read it when we were uh, uncomfortably young to be reading it. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I read it when I was nine. You read it when you were... Like eight, yeah. eight nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yep, too young to be reading it and read it anyway. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's, uh, I mean, I remember having vivid nightmares that there's that part in the book where, uh, Mike looks down into the hole and he sees the bird Mm -hmm. that gave me nightmares for years. Like that was the scariest (laughs) thing about that entire book to me was the bird. Anyway. Um, so I don't know. It's always held sort of the special place for me because it's like this, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the first long form books. I mean, I I read a ton growing up, but that was one of the big long ones that and Shogun and then. Uh, the '90s miniseries, like I just loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, same here. And so it's, I don't know. It's I've I go back and read it every couple of years or so. Uh, so I was amped mm. for this movie. Half of the <laughs> half of the '90s uh, half of the '90s miniseries is really really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, but but when you're you know 12 and watching it, it's all really good. I mean. I, I was really bored by the adults when I was a kid. I only cared oh, about okay. the kids. I'll agree with that. When, yeah. it, when it got to the adults, I was not quite so on board huh. with yeah. it. But when it was the kids, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say the kids' part still holds up. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. yeah. The kids are good. Seth Green. Come on. Seth Green? Yeah. Sure. I love yeah. Seth, Seth Green. Seth Green's Richie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's he's... I don't know. Whatever, guys. <laughs> Jonathan, sorry, sorry, sorry. Should I, let me try again. John, Jonathan Landis, guys. Jonathan Landis. Anybody? Takers? Yeah. Sequest? Yeah. yeah. No, the Jonathan John Landis Brandis. that we don't love. Jonathan Brandis was Sequest. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I loved Sequest. I did too. <laughs> Let's I just talk about Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis, Brandis, guys. Let's talk about how awesome I, Sequest I DSV was. I had a really big crush on him because he was in Sequest yeah. and then he was in The NeverEnding Story too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Full circle. <laughs> he just makes and, me... Uh, just thinking about him makes me sad because he was such a big part yeah. of my childhood and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bad, yeah. Yeah. Bad, yeah. Sad, bad things happened. But yep. yeah, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't know. So full circle. Uh, Sequest DSV was... What? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it. I, you know. Anyway, so I had high expectations going into this movie. It, it, it means a lot to me. It's got like it's, it's, it sort of has this meta place in my life where it's this nostalgic book that I go back to read about this horrible thing that happened in my childhood of me reading the book, which is you know kind of the point of the whole book. You know, so it's got it's definitely got a lot of power for me, and um. I just I loved it. I loved that movie. It was so great. It was so much fun. I I was not expecting to laugh as much as I did. Same here. Uh, I laughed a lot. It's just brilliant. 
that's what I thought about it, you guys. <laughs> Are you okay with uh, them moving it into the 80s? I'm, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. That's fine. Yeah, okay. That doesn't, that I, I, think that, I think that helped make it fresh because yes, yeah. you totally. wouldn't be able to have the new kids on the block gags totally. unless it was in the 80s. And that was just so funny. Like, Although it I would have so, loved for yeah. them to try the new kids on the block at, uh, bits in the 60s. That would have been fun. Fifties, <laughs> yeah. Fifties, yeah. Same it was thing. in the fifties. No, but yeah. I think that added another element of why I liked it so much is because it's it hit that same vein that Stranger Things did for me, which was mm-hmm. like, no, that was my childhood exactly. in the eighties, doing the things that these kids were doing, fucking off in the woods, you mm-hmm. know, like getting into trouble. So I, it, it almost kind of hit a little bit more to home for me yeah. than the fifties stuff, even though I really like the fifties nostalgia. Um, even growing up, I was, you know, cause I, my, all my parents would make me watch was those old kind of 50s stuff. And I just had this kind of like idealized version of what the 50s were. And I always thought that was super cool. And it has a part of that. And, uh, they'll shoot your eye out kid was a part of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm uh, having it take place in the eighties now. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. that was, that was a yeah, lot of fun. I, I felt the same way. I'm curious how much of this you guys feel, uh, was a response to stranger things. Uh, I would say a hundred percent. Cause <laughs> which the, is fine, which is fine. Well, that might not necessarily be true because they had a script before Stranger Things was out, and then the Duffer Brothers were like, "Hey, we'll 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 direct it," and they were like, "Nah, you guys, you guys, you guys don't have enough uh, uh, notches on your belt to do it." And then they're like, "Okay, fine, we'll do Stranger Things," and it was like, "Oh, okay, well, shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So but they, I don't know. How, I don't through, know where in the it did go it through, did a, lot go through a lot of rewrites. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't know where in the in those it, it got switched to the eighties. I have no idea. I'm like I'm, uh, I'm I've been like reading through the Wikipedia page trying to figure out when they started shooting and like when the final version of the script was delivered and stuff. I have no idea. Uh, no, the script has gone through changes since like 2014 or something. It yeah. been it, it's been the 80s since at least the Kerry Fukunaga. Uh, okay, so then it was before that, Stranger Things. It yeah, was 80s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because he left and the Duffer Brothers were like take us and yeah then yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, it's saying, okay, so apparently it looks like uh, around February 2016 was when they were getting close to the final script. So when was Stranger Things released? I'll look it up. Anyway, keep going. Uh, October October 2016. Okay. Right, October 2016, yeah. Huh. Well, then, okay, so, so. It's, it's kind of funny. Maybe it's just like the sort of, um, what's the term for when, like the, the synchronicity of, of creatives or whatever, yes. where people kind of have yeah, a sure. similar... Something's just in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny too because uh, Finn Finn Wolfhard, which is the craziest cool name ever, uh, is in both <laughs> yeah. it and Stranger Things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He does uh, have like the best name. Apparently, when uh, when he got back to the Stranger Things season two set, he was just cursing like a sailor because of all the bad <laughs> words that he learned on it. <laughs> That's amazing. He's like hanging out near his trailer, smoking cigarettes and wearing leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. All the other kids are like, "Man, he came back from summer vacation different." I, I was in an R-rated movie, you guys. <laughs> um. Uh, but what'd you guys think? I don't know. I, I I could bluster about how much I loved it, but what'd you guys think? Uh, I I so I liked it. Uh, and it, here here's the hard part too. When you're talking about it, it's hard to figure out uh, when you should just say it the word and it versus it the title. You know, if I should say I liked oh. it or I liked it. You know, it's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. You say it. <laughs> so I liked it. Um, I'm writing. Uh, I'm, I'm writing a, uh, a graduate thesis on it, and uh, huh. 
it's really difficult to write because it and it and it and <laughs> it's yeah. like it like the evil entity it the title of the book and it the word uh yeah. is oh man it's a nightmare it's like a, so, just a minefield of it's so do you oh, go do you go two caps do you go two caps for title one cap for name and then obviously no caps for uh for just uh the the term is that how you're doing uh, it? Y- yeah, but I do I do both caps for the title plus uh, italics. So I do mm. italics with two with, with double cap and the differentiator. Yeah. Right. Oh, I dig oh. it. Scott's thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, so I enjoyed it. I, as you guys know, like I'm not the biggest uh, horror aficionado. Um, and I'm also obviously since I'm a child of the '90s, I'm not you know huge on a lot of the '80s nostalgia as a lot of other people are. Um, I thought that the performances were all really really good, uh, and it, well, most of the performances were really good. I, I wasn't too crazy about Bill Sarsgaard um, or Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah, he's a Skarsgård. Um, yeah, he's a Skarsgård. It's the, the whole Peter Sarsgaard existing in the world really throws me off whenever I say that last name because I'm like, oh shit, I never know which one's the the K and which one's not. Anyway, um, I loved Bill Skarsgård. I just yeah, I me too. There was something was about him that didn't grab yeah. me. I don't know what it was. He like there was just something mm. in his voice. I guess I don't know. Um, I I well, thought he was fantastic, <laughs> and that he can do that smile just all on his own, so and he can actually make his eyes like look two different directions. Look two different. Yeah, directions. it's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I just thought he was incredible. Can Can I tell you? Because uh, I, I I I I really love the movie, and I actually do love Bill Skarsgård. So when I say this, know that like I don't necessarily agree with it, but I've heard this before, and this might be the thing that bothers you about him. Hmm. <laughs> I've heard his voice described as too Scooby Dooish. Huh? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. he's just I, like I can, he's just I like, hello, that. Georgie. <laughs> yeah, that was oh. so, That was kind of part of it. That didn't bother me as much as like the borderline kind of like lisp thing that he had. Honestly, that was what was really bugging me about his voice throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, stop with that vo- lisp. Well, I'm sure that was his teeth. Yeah, yeah, it that probably, probably was. It was just, true. it was just hitting my weird, like, uh, audible uh, ticks. Mm. Um, but no, I, I liked it. Honestly, here's my biggest complaint about this movie. Um, I thought it was a little overlong, and I get it. The source material is very long, um, but also they didn't really hold off on showing like the like there. There wasn't a lot of fear of the unknown in this movie. I feel like I, I think that it kind of like. It showed you pretty well up front, like the the full, you know, not quite the full range, but like you have like this ten minute conversation with Pennywise, like right at the beginning, uh, which was a little weird. And then it's like you know, basically the next time you see him, he's already doing like the crazy CGI heavy like special effects monster thing, um, and I, I just felt like there could have been more tension drawn out in in some of those scenes and like really playing on that unknown rather than just like blowing their cgi wad all over the place by halfway through the second act um no. i don't know i definitely well, think in, in all, far- all fairness that's the very first scene in the book as well yeah mm-hmm. i well and i and i'll say too uh, i i see what you're what you're saying jason but i think in order to do what you're suggesting which i don't necessarily disagree with 
they would have had to do a looser adaptation of the book, which I don't think they had any interest in doing. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really, they really were so much more faithful to the book in this, and that Pennywise—that's kind of how how Pennywise operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think that's what kind of makes him scary is that he's just he's he is a just this force of he's relentless evil. Just yeah, this, exactly. just a relentless like that that scene in the um. The uh, the garage when they're watching the video and like he starts oh, coming so out of the man, video good. and you were like you were like oh that's creepy and then he just turns giant and it just keeps getting scarier and I just yeah. I don't know what kind of superpowers the director has in order to have pulled that off but I it was it was I've never seen anything like that ever no and it, yeah. anything that so started good. creepy and just kept getting scarier I've never seen yeah. anything like that before no I'm yeah. with you. And 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 that's funny. The, that being the one thing that wasn't in the book uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. was the scariest yeah. thing. No, but I like that. Like that. That that. Well, it was the, the, that it was in the book, but it was it was it was, the, a, it book. was, the, it was a book. Right, it was it was yeah. like the, photos the photo was in a book album. instead yeah. of uh, yeah instead of right. slides. Right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, or 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 the when he's in the basement with Georgie with with dead Georgie. Oh yeah, yeah. Georgie's absolutely terrifying. Oh yeah, kind of like crawls out of the 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 the, the flood on the ground. Oh yeah, oh, that was another good so one. So good. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the sound of Georgie's voice. No, I mean, that was the, terrifying. The thing that got me was the headless kid with the eggs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Creepy I was walking. Like, I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> now the the creepy walks always get me. They always give me the yeah, chills. Yeah, it's the walk, and then Pennywise was doing the walk, and yep. it's like the jolty movement. Yep. That for some reason just freaks the, the, me out. The, the Silent Hill walks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, always creepy. Yeah, I, I will say, like, I I didn't read. Uh, I didn't read the book, and so you know, like the the there, I definitely don't have you know the same level of like, you know, looking at the the adaptation part of it and all that stuff. Like, I, I just don't have that background on it, and so mm-hmm. obviously, like a lot of that stuff for me is just different because I don't have that base, uh, right, to kind of refer to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from a movie perspective, I totally see what you're saying, and mm-hmm. and a hundred percent like. I like I don't necessarily disagree. I don't agree, but I don't disagree <laughs> either. Like I get it. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, totally. Um anyway, so I mean comparing this to the original the the I guess not the original, but the the mini series and then also to the book, I mean, what do you guys think is going to be holding up the strongest for the longest time? Uh the book? Yeah, the book. I mean, the book's just mm-hmm. such an iconic piece of of horror literature from ever ever mm-hmm. i mean it it was such a game changer when it came out and i think it still is and i think it still holds up and is sort of this like mm-hmm. I, I it's still on the pedestal as one of the greats mm-hmm. um you know i'm going back through it again now just because i it was like watched the movie and i was like i gotta have time to read it again yep. for that, the 19th time that's exactly what i did um, I'm i'm going back through it and the thing that sticks out to me about it is that it's not scary in the way the movie was scary it's it's very uncomfortable yeah Mm -hmm. like there's just things that happen that it is creepy and scary but it just gives me this very uncomfortable feeling of Mm -hmm. this just should not be happening ever to anybody and and that's what i love about it i don't don't know if you guys are um audiobook people but um hell yeah that's what i'm doing it for for, oh you oh so you're doing the steven weber 
audiobook? Yes. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, he's so good, right? He's so good. Oh man, yeah. He played. I, I, I he played, he played Jack Torrance in the the Shining miniseries, right. which yeah, I'm sure will right. come out later, or we'll talk right. about later. But um, he is so good at reading this book; it is insane. Oh, it's crazy. I I think the most impressive thing uh, is the stutter. How he handles Bill's stutter. Uh huh. It's it's like frustrating to listen to. Yes, uh, because it's so convincing his stutter yeah. in the audiobook. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's it's amazing. Oh, it's he's so good. All of his accents are on point, and whew. yep. But it, you know what it does for me? It gives me when I listen to the audiobook because I'll listen to, like and I'll put it on at work, and I actually have had to stop for the past couple of days because I'll listen to it at work, you know, for X amount of time while I'm just doing stuff. And I'll come home and I'm just like unnerved and I just don't feel good and mm-hmm. I'm kind of in a really shitty mood. It just it's that book really gets into your skin and it's I, exactly what you said, Rachel. It's not scary. It's just deeply unsettling. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that Stephen King does, and he does this with all his characters, is he just shows you the worst side of humanity, exactly. the worst people ever. Like all their deepest, darkest secrets. He lets it all out yeah so then it just gives you this dirty feeling oh absolutely <laughs> yeah Ugh. but I, and i love it it's yeah, usually one of my favorite it. books of all time mm-hmm. but uh no and I, I i thought that they handled that a lot of that really well in the show and you know some of it was condensed just uh, due to the format right like you know henry bowers wasn't as horribly disturbing as he is in the book and yeah his, what's his buddy's name who was like even worse the patrick yeah, the, sure. the, he's like in the book. He's like Hal, a Hal crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's like that's yeah. like just horrible sociopath who mm-hmm. puts dead animals in fridges and mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's horrible. I I am glad that they cut the uh, uh that I the basically like the the weird there's like no, gay no, stuff <laughs> in the yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Be- sure. between the bullies. Like yeah. like I, I'm glad that they cut that because it's always the part of the book that I'm just like, what are you trying to say with this? Are you trying exactly. to say that yes. they're even worse because they're gay or what There's is one this? other part of the book that also makes you say, What are you trying to say with this? Oh well uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I would say Which that I'm makes also a, glad say, they cut. Would, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm glad they cut. Uh, that one I can justify a little bit more in the book, but the, I, I agree with you on the, mm-hmm. like, yeah, or, yeah. are they worse because they're gay? Because they, like, yeah. in the book it's also, like, there's that whole opening sequence when, like, Mike realizes it's back because there's the, the, the gay couple leaving the bar and then Pennywise, and then they have the horrible, like, scene there with that. And I'm just like, I'm not sure where... I think Stephen King at that time was... Uh, very much so a product of the time when he mm-hmm. wrote it. Yeah. And he was probably hinting of himself a little bit like unsure how to do that and handle it. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's the best way to handle it. But it's, you know, it's. It could have been handled worse. That's for sure. It, yes. That's. <laughs> um, yeah. That's but the, way, but the, uh, the, 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 uh, the child orgy that the book ends with. Um, that yeah. uh, apparently that's the reason Kerry Fukunagua left the prog- project is because he wanted to do that. Oh, whoa. Yeah. oh, yeah, that's exactly why you left the project. Yep. Oh, yeah. no. which is <laughs> no. You know what? We're t- I'm totally fine with them all just cutting each other's hands. Oh. Like that's plenty. We don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I swear nope. I'm gonna make a bunch yeah, we, of eleven we, year olds have yeah. sex, or I'm out of this film. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. No good. No good. Nobody yeah. wants to see no. that Carrie Fukunaga. No, we don't. Exactly. <laughs> no. We don't need that in the story anymore. I mean, and, and I, you know, leave it in the book for posterity's sake because it's as a product of its time, and you, you know, let's mm-hmm. not rewrite it. But yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, adaptation but, yeah, is adaptation oof. for a reason. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's much different. Like, a, it's already creepy reading something like that, but seeing it would be a different experience, and that is not anything I desire to see in my life. Um, yeah, yeah, nobody I, needs well, to see and that. I, and I think I think the new movie, um, as far as like what its legacy will be, I think it's going to live or die on chapter two. Um, yes, I, I think I, so. I, I, I think I, I think the first one will be really good. Is is really good right now? And I know you're going to be like, well, I think it could stand on its own, and I don't disagree with you except that when bad sequels come out it can ruin the first it can ruin it can ruin the legacy of the first movie yeah Um, for sure and and so i i do think it i'm just hoping they don't like stunt cast it the only character that i want them to stunt cast is um stan uh, well, we don't really need him in the movie anyway. Exactly. Spoilers. So, like, just yeah. yeah, just like stunt cast it so that everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like, he's in this movie. Holy crap! And then, oh, oh, there. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it. I like it. So yeah. let's let's actually. Yeah. I wanted to touch on that really quick. Who do you guys think should play the older versions of these kids? Ugh. I've got one that I already have set in my head for sure. Uh, Amy Adams has to play Beverly. No. 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 I don't like no. Amy Adams. No. No. They have I the same want, face. I kind of want. I kind of want Christina no. Hendricks. I want Christina Hendricks to play her. Oh, she's uh, not even a redhead. She's a fake redhead anyway. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I forgot about your issues yeah, with that. Yeah, come on, man. I love yeah. Christina Hendricks, but she's got to stop having red hair. Listen to, I, listen to Spider-Man Man at 106 to hear our thoughts on redheads. <laughs> I, I like Jessica Chastain. Yeah? Yeah. Oof, I, 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 see, I, I hate feels her. I don't like her. Because she was in Mama. I, I would say Bryce Dallas Howard, but her voice makes me want to stab myself. <laughs> See, that's how I am with I Jessica s- Chastain's cadence. S- <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's just get Kirsten. I, you know what? So. I I would prefer. I would, pre- <laughs> I, I would prefer they did because you know, other than um, other than Stranger Things kid Finn Wolfhard, mm-hmm. uh, none of those kid actors are really that known and i would pref- i would it'd be cool if they did that again with the adults they just kind of you know didn't take a bunch of a-listers to stick in there but mm-hmm. just ca- cast some people who would who were very talented and and new faces because i think I, I i don't know man i just like it when they do new faces in movies instead of seeing the same face over and over well, again and I, yeah, think, I, I think the movie's gonna make money regardless i think this proves this movie proves oh. that it's gonna make money regardless so oh, yeah. you don't need so the name. so like why waste the money on getting the names when you yeah. can just get nobodies and make even more money like it just doesn't yeah. make any business sense and make the movie more believable. I think if you start casting A list actors, it sort of takes you out. Like, you know who they should get to get Stan, who they should get to play Stan? Hmm. Who's that? Seth Green. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There it is. I I keep there hearing people right saying there. that they uh, that they should get Charlie Day to play Eddie, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, at this like I kind of no. see it as fitting, no. but at the same time, I'm like mm, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. no. Well, no, I no. I know the. Um, the kid that played Richie, what's his name again? Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, that kid. Uh, he said that he wants Bill Hader to play. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. So. That'd be pretty good. I could, I, I I, think I could see it with the voices. Yeah. But yeah. That's I could like, see. I could, 
I think I feel like Bill Hader is like the biggest caliber star that I want in this movie, other than whoever yeah. plays Stan. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, um, I, I mean, really, you could get like Seth Rogen to play Stan. Like, it literally doesn't matter. Like, just get. Yeah. Whoever you like, just just some like big A list like Jewish actor, and just get him to play Stan for like there you know is. yeah five yeah. minutes. Uh, I could see I could see like mid to late nineties Christian Slater playing Richie. I'd I'd be okay with Christian Slater. Yeah, let's go back in time and get old. some Christian Slater. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Anyway, what about here's something I wouldn't have been too opposed to just because just due to my undue uh, undying love for this this person. But the 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 the, the Tilda Swinson was in talks to play Pennywise. Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> mm. That would have been cool. I would have loved that. That would have been cool. Oh, she, well. she can just be anything she wants and I'll watch it. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Put Tilda Swinton in anything and I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, overall though, I, I did want to say I'm like all of these child actors that they have in this uh, in this movie were really, really freaking good. Uh, oh yeah, it's. I mean, not. I don't think yes. since Super Eight has like a, a child actor cast been this solid as actors. I agreed. I mean, they were the whole thing was great. The kids were uh, the chemistry between the kids was just flawless. Mm-hmm. You could tell that they were probably doing the exact same things they were doing off set that they were on set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is just so chasing clowns, with kids. Yeah, chasing chasing it's, clowns. It's especially impressive because the director is foreign, and so yeah. like I, I'm shocked that he got as good of performances out of these child actors, being like mm-hmm. a foreign guy. Um, yeah, you know, and and all of the Americana that he manages to get in here when he's not from America, like all of that is just super impressive to me. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you guys, uh, Matt and Rachel might be able to guess, but do you guys know what uh, this director is working on that's coming up next year? I have no idea. Lock and Key, the, uh, the Hulu series. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. Along with Scott right. Derrickson, who directed Doctor Strange, and uh, I can't remember who else, but a bunch of awesome but people. But Derrickson, Derrickson's directing the pilot, though, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Derrickson's directing the pilot, what? and then uh, What's-His-Face is show running. Um, not Brian Fuller, Stephen Green. Stephen Green? Michael Green. Michael Green. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know who uh you know who you know who wrote the uh screenplay for it though? Uh who did? Kurtzman. No way. Swear to God. No, no, no. That was th- that was the bad lock that and was the key original adaptation. One. That was the one oh, that didn't get sorry. picked up. Oh, okay. This is they they revamped. They re they restarted. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I saw that Lord. and I was like <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's oh, that's cool. It's a, it's, that should yeah. be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. like every all signs are pointing to it being incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that yep. show. Um, S- speaking of audiobooks, though, the Lock and Key full cast audiobook is super cool. Oh. Ah, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into no? it. No, it's a little. I mean, I, I you know, and it's audio drama, but I, I I I enjoyed it. I thought the, it was fun. All of the kids being played by adults bothers me. Like that's a little weird. Yeah, that I. Mm. I didn't really need to like, and it's not even like good voice actors as kids. Like it was really, well, I don't know. It was super weird because it was like cartoony kids, but then everything else isn't cartoony. So it's really off putting. It's like, it's one thing for like Bart Simpson to be played by a 60 year old woman in in the Simpsons, but for that person to play like a, a little kid in something that's trying to take itself more seriously is like weird to me. Fair enough. Yeah, but 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's probably. Uh, should, I don't know. Do you guys want to give it a rating before we uh, before we move on to our sort of main dish? Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, one hundred percent floating. <laughs> uh, it floats. Nah. It totally floats. It does float. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine red balloons. Nice. Oh, <laughs> love it. Nice. That's that's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> Cross um. country high five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, gosh, I didn't think of anything clever. I'll give it like a seven out of ten. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely give it a. Yeah, I mean, I guess I give it a ten out of ten. I mean, I don't, I, I can't think of anything in it that I would want differently as an adaptation. Because even the stuff that um, I've heard people like complain about, you know, how Pennywise is like not even trying to not be scary. Like he's just always scary. Whereas, like, right. you know, in the book, it's like. Georgie is supposed to be like, oh, Pennywise, like it's a clown. That's that's fun. Clowns are fun. Right. But right. the thing is, is like, I don't know. The original book was like a like a metaphor for the Reagan era and right. how it was like, let's make America great again. And mm-hmm. it was it was the whole the whole idea was that like the fifties weren't as good as you remember them being. Like that's the sure. whole theme mm-hmm. of the book. And so this mm-hmm. new one is like the 80s aren't as good as you remember them being, um, <laughs> which will get the other half of that theme in, in uh, you know, the sequel. But um, so like the idea of Pennywise in this, the thing that I loved about it is that he is in the same vein as like 80s slashers like Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's not like a fun clown. He's... 80s iconography like he's based on an 80s iconography to the point where they almost had freddy krueger in this in the in the place of the wolfman um, right from right. the book so right. like yeah i mean i i don't know like i'm i'm into the way they adapted this into the 80s i think it's i think it was the right move i, I don't think the um the 1990 miniseries pennywise would work today because it's just no, not I don't, no. clowns don't mean the same thing to kids from the eighties than they did it for kids in the fifties. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you 100 percent there. I, I I think if you try to make him goofy, silly clown, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't. It play. wouldn't hold any water. Right. No, not it, at all. It just wouldn't. No. It wouldn't float. It wouldn't float. Hmm. It wouldn't float at all. <laughs> I do want to say one thing uh, to all the parents out there: don't take your fucking kids to see the creepy clown movie. <laughs> I, I will agree with that because there was a newborn and mm-hmm. a four-year-old when yeah. I went and saw it, and yeah, yeah. Some See, I, I was I, there were kids in my audience. I went to like a sold-out screening on like the Friday night it opened, and there were kids in my audience, and they were terrified, and it just it brought warmth to my heart. I was like, man, <laughs> little kids don't get terrified like they used to because everybody like overparents, and so. I was into the kids being there and being really like just scared shitless because I, but, but kid, like kids need more four? of that to be honest. Nah, dude, like, like a four, four or a three year old? Hell no. Maybe not no. that young. Maybe not that young. No, like like ten to twelve. When I read it, I would have mm-hmm. that like perfect age. Take your ten year olds. Yeah, yeah that, sure. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, that's the age where you sneak into movies as a kid anyway, and that's fine. Like, go and do that. Exactly. But when you're not old yeah. enough no, to I go and sneak I, into a movie, like, ugh. Right. Toddlers, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. I, no. I, there was a lady who had her, like, three-year-old daughter there, like, all the way up until, like, somewhere in the third act before she took her out. Yeah. I was like, jeez, like, that that kid's going to have some messed up dreams for a while. 
Yeah, well, I, mean, I did. I did kid, say the kid in mine. He stayed. So he seemed <laughs> I, fine. I did see I one woman who had a two-year-old with her, and they left as soon as Georgie's arm got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> what do people think? Like they think it's like. Well, to be so- to be totally honest, like that's something violence on children that we see is never done in films. Right. That's, it, yeah. that's it, fair. It's usually just like talked about in post or you know like yeah oh this horrible thing happened or this horrible it looks like this horrible thing is going to happen but we we very rarely actually see the horrible thing happen to the children so that see, was weird that was a that was a particularly brutal scene to ripped <laughs> yeah. the arm off and then he like yeah. crawls along the it ground it was exactly like the yeah. book though it was nuts i know i loved it yeah i loved yeah. it yeah um anyway okay so <laughs> how many of us saw dark tower I did not see. Uh, nope, 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 nope. I'm the only person. Okay, so Double. we won't really talk about it. Uh, it was a movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't fun. Uh, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, like it, it's nothing. It's literally nothing. Um, I, I I know there's a lot of problems with it. I don't even care to see it. Yeah, I don't all. really want to see it. Nah. I'm going back through the books and yeah, that's enough. It was literally yep. nothing. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the main topic today, we just want to talk about Stephen King adaptations in general. Obviously, he's had what fifty something adaptations at this point between film and TV. Um, mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of, yeah. of the highest spectrum of varying quality, um, and so we just kind of want to talk about like some of our f- you know favorites, some of our least favorites, um, future ones that we think uh, should be adapted, and, and shit like that. So um, I don't know what like. Let's just kind of start off. What are some of your guys' favorites? Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'll just drop it. The, my favorite, my favorite Stephen King adaptation is The Mist. Ooh, yeah, the two thousand seven one. Uh, yeah, Frank Darabont. Mm-hmm. I just think it's uh, but the black and white one. <coughs> yeah, I mean, there's a black and white one, yeah, and it's really, really good. Yeah, I will only watch <laughs> it in black and white. <laughs> oh, Matt's dying. Talk. Matt's dying. The Mist got him. Okay, I'm uh, back. Um, <laughs> No, I just love I love that entire thing. I think it was just such a great. Uh, you guys got to talk. I'm choking. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So while Matt dies, I think the mist. Yeah, the, like Rachel said, the mist did get him. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can all assume though, when Matt said it was the Frank Darabont movie from 2007, what he meant was the spikes, the Spike TV miniseries from 2017 is his favorite. What? No, I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually haven't watched the that, but I heard it wasn't good. Yeah. I've heard it's like yeah. it's just about as average as it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But no, I love that. I think that movie's great. And I think what that movie's so great is, uh, it, it, you know, and we, I think this will be kind of interesting to get into when we talk about Stephen King adaptations is because they're adaptations and people change so much because I think primarily due to this, this being one of the few exceptions, Stephen King's source material is so messed up you just can't do that on TV or movie. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, the the ending is so much worse and so much bleaker, and mm-hmm. I would say one of the best endings of a movie of all time for just to really strike hit home the 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 the, the bleak nature of what these kids these people were going through. Well, it's the just crazy yeah. surreal. It, it, it just it just totally <laughs> hit the theme of the of the movie, which is that like all hope is lost, like. There totally. was there was one guy in that whole movie. Like that whole movie is about everyone having hope, and just one by one, all of them losing it, except for except for Thomas Jane. And then when right. he finally loses hope, that's when someone saves him. 
And yeah. it's brilliant. It is. Oh, it's incredible. It's yeah. it's incredible. And because it because despite it being bleak, it's actually a positive message of don't ever lose hope. Never. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Never no, it's lose crazy. hope. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I yes. For once, I do agree with you uh, on on something like that, Matt. I think that the mist does have one of the best endings of all time. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Well, for once, thanks, Jay. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, we, we often we often disagree on on random shit like that. But uh... no, I mean, just just such a great movie all around. I mean, all the acting is really good. Frank Darabont's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do recommend, like Rachel brought up. I do recommend. I got the the Blu-ray with the black and white version, and the black and white version because he filmed it to be black and white, and they were like, "No, the studio's like, no, you have to do it color. Nobody wants black and white." Mm-hmm. But he. He filmed it with the intention of making a black and white edition, mm-hmm. so it's almost like you know that's what he wanted it to see, and it looks amazing in black and white. I've, mm-hmm. I, I would uh, better than in color because some of the effects in color lose a little bit, but in black and white they still look pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, and in, I mean the, the the effects were good to begin with, but I think it just works better that way. It's yeah. funny because yeah. he moved right on from the mist to the Walking Dead, and he also fought to try and get the Walking Dead to be in black and white. Uh, See, I, I, I really, I, I think that would have made the show better. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Maybe, I, I, I maybe think, to I think start with, I don't think it would do anything for the show today. But <laughs> well, I don't know if there's much that would do the show, yeah. the show today. But, but I think black and white's overrated, and I think that uh, underrated, uh, sorry, under underrated, because so many things in black and white. Like, well, you know, my favorite show and on t- that my favorite TV show is The Twilight Zone, and part of it yeah. is because of the how. The black and white just works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I would like to see people take that risk more because I don't. I don't. I think that the the, the population at large would be much more forgiving if we saw quality black and white stuff coming out. Which makes complete sense that The Mist would be your favorite Stephen King adaptation because it's literally just like a two-hour Twilight Zone movie, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Also, oh, totally. also, not for nothing. Uh, look, Stephen King. He loves his crazy religious people. Uh, yes. But the mist has the greatest crazy religious person. Oh, she's uh, like so villain. terrifying. Oh, she's terrifying and awful, and you just are just uh, ironically praying for her to die. Like it just, oh god, she's the worst. Yeah, she's the worst, that's and great. it's amazing. Yep. <laughs> um, that's my favorite. What about you guys? My so mine is kind of uh, a little bit along the same line as yours, uh, Matt. In some ways. Um, because uh, Frank Darabont, I think his his career was uh, very much aided by Stephen King. Obviously, he adapted three different Stephen King works. Um, yeah, and 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 Frank Darabont is one of my favorite directors of all time. I mean, like The Majestic, and and obviously Shawshank, uh, The Mist. Like he's he's done a lot of really uh, awesome movies that are hard to really deny. Um, but for me personally, uh, my favorite Stephen King movie is uh, The Green Mile. Actually, um, oh sure. I, I thought that I, was going to go another way. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I'd get, I pulled the twist on you. Huh? Um, no, I mean, like, Michael Clark Duncan uh, delivers, like, one of my favorite performances in a movie ever. Um, and Tom Hanks is also just, ob- I mean, he's Tom Hanks, of course. Like, what do you expect? Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a, a great, great film. And, and I think part of it is aided by the fact that the first time I ever took a screenwriting class, uh, the green mile was a script that I studied really heavily. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a great movie and, and insanely rewatchable and a little bit like, it's definitely not 
in like it, it's it's certainly closer to Shawshank Redemption in tone than it is to uh, a lot of Stephen King's other works. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed the Green Mile. But I did also want to say my sort of like one A vote uh, would be season one of Under the Dome. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, I, didn't I, even I would. Put television I would, in here, but I would specifically say the pilot of Under the Dome, which was a Brian K. Vaughn joint. Um, yep, yeah, the whole, pilot whole series is, was that pilot. No, it wasn't. He left after the pilot. No, um, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh my! He show ran it, guys, every episode. Do oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, keep going. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah. So I, you know, I, you know, what, speaking of television, and the, well, I guess this is going to start. As, well, no, no, no. What do you, what, what, what are your guys' favorites? Rachel, Scott, who wants to go? Uh, uh mine is The Shining. Mm, yeah, same. I, I figured. I figured. Yeah. Okay. Great. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I, I first saw The Shining when I was about nine, ten. Mm-hmm. And after I watched it, I loved it so much that I pretty much watched it every day. Hmm. And then I read the book, and I've actually read the book probably about eight times. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've been to the Stanley. It's like the greatest place on earth. I absolutely love it. But I, to me, that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Sure. And it's, then it's... when I read the book, it wasn't as scary to me, but I still loved it. And I also watched the miniseries plenty of times. It doesn't scare me, but the movie with Jack Nicholson scares me. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's well, fantastic. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt that Kubrick is uh, one of the best ever. He, he is, and I love Kubrick. And I know Stephen King did not like this adaptation. Not at whatsoever. all. No, he hated it. <laughs> and but. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I love both equally. Sure. Yeah, and 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 I do a very good Danny impression as well. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you can't just tease that. <laughs> I've done it on the Living Dead Minute before. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, how many of our listeners really went through and listened to all of the Living Dead Minute? Yeah, let's be honest. That that's true. Red <laughs> rum. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I, I do that to my boyfriend. Good. <laughs> that's hilarious uh, uh scott what do you like so much about the shining um i mean the thing is i fought liking the shining for a long time uh because i loved the book and stephen king hated the movie so i was like oh that means i must i should hate the movie <laughs> right because i love the book so i hate the movie uh and when the miniseries came out i really embraced that and and i think i had it i had i like taped it when it aired, and so I watched mm-hmm. like those, those that six hour movie, like you know, a <laughs> lot of times yeah. uh, growing up because it 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 just terrified me, and I loved it so much. And then later, when I got really into film, I watched The Shining, and it was sort of the movie that taught me that loose adaptations are okay. To the point where, like, mm-hmm. now it annoys me when somebody – when we go – when you go see a movie based on a book and there's always that one person in your group that's like, well, in the book, it was like – and it's like, oh, shut up. Because it, yeah. it's – you know, yeah. it's not always better. It's it Just because something works in the book doesn't mean it's going to work in a movie. And I I appreciate that because I think that even Stephen King – 
in adapting his own book for the Shining miniseries, realized mm-hmm. that. I think there's like a yeah. lot of things where he was like, oh, <laughs> like as he was going along, <laughs> like, oh, I, I actually can't adapt that. There's no way to do this thing from the book visually. I actually yeah. can't adapt this thing. And and I think I think now Stephen King has said, like, I, I get it. Now I get it. Like, after yeah. so many years, now he looks back and he's like, oh, actually, that is a great movie. It might not be the best adaptation, but it's a really great movie, and I understand that now. And I think that I, like Stephen King, had to learn that. And watching mm-hmm. The Shining and realizing, like, what it's doing – as opposed to the book, but also still sort of complementing what the book was doing. And I just, it, and it cuts out all of the stuff that is really cheesy, like, um, yes. like the, the, the time travel thing that's in the book. That's really weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that like, you know, that he's his own imaginary friend, uh, that's really strange and weird and doesn't work at all in the miniseries. And, no. And barely works in the book. And uh, they cut all of that out and just made it just this relentless, just uh, not even relentless because it's it's very slow moving. But once it starts escalating, it's relentless. And it's just, oh, man, it's it's great. I mean, it's just it's a master. I mean, it's a masterpiece. I think it's Kubrick's best film Um without a doubt. And I mean, granted, like I'm more of a populist guy. Like I like – Things that lots of people can like and Kubrick isn't normally that guy, but that is one of those things. And so um, I love I love The Shining for that because it's like all the cool like artsy stuff that Kubrick is known for, but is also like really accessible. And um, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Like it gives you the same feeling watching it that you get reading a Stephen King book, which isn't necessarily – what happens? I mean, we were just talking about that with it, right? It's like it doesn't yeah. really recreate the feeling that you get reading the book at all. It's a totally of different experience. Absolutely. Uh, but Kubrick found a way to adapt the feeling that you get reading The Shining into a movie yes. that is a loose adaptation of The Shining. Yes. A- absolutely. Because he turned it more into a ghost story, mm-hmm. which the book really wasn't. And right. I I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. It was more yeah. of a uh, like a metaphor for alcoholism. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which <laughs> it, it definitely was. Yeah. So <laughs> and 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 I love it because one of my main problems with Stephen King and Stephen King adaptations is there's a fine line with Stephen King where it can be incredibly scary and uncomfortable or it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen totally. in my entire life. Uh-huh. So I think Kubrick just made it everything that I ever wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> yep, think yep. It, and it's kind of like, this is the thing that I talk to people about a lot when they start bitching about books and movies being different. It's like there, there's a reason it's called adaptation and not translation, right? Like they're not translating a work into a different medium. They are adapting it to that medium. And what that means is like, sometimes you change a lot of shit because it just works better for that medium. And I don't think anyone, like obviously no one's really in, in the position to question Stanley Kubrick on what works on film and what doesn't, uh, (laughs) you know, he, he knows it pretty well. Um, 
it's always floating space babies and squares that sit around for nowhere around monkeys. Um, <laughs> and uh, but no, I mean, uh, and so yeah, like Rachel, I think you, you, I mean Scott as well. Like you guys distilled it pretty perfectly that you know it's the both of them give you that same feeling but in very different ways and i think that's the best sign of of a good adaptation is if it can do something totally different than its source but still give you that same feeling i think that's as successful as you can be at adapting something mm-hmm. right um yeah anyway um and so uh, as we're ta- i don't know like was was there something else that you guys wanted to say about that before talking about like the worst stephen king adaptation movies or TV shows? Yeah, there's a couple other like honorable mentions and other and and or just movies that I just thought were incredible. Um, I mean, we don't have to dive too deep into these. I, I, there's probably and that's the problem with Stephen King is you could have a you could have a podcast just based on Stephen King's adaptations. Stephen King chapter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really coming soon. Um, yeah. but I, I I I Pet Cemetery is one of one of my favorites. Mm. I love that that movie's great. That's you know a lot more a little bit a lot more faithful to the book and it's. It still plays out real well, and that was one of the scariest things in my childhood was seeing uh, the main character's sister when she's got polio or whatever, and mm-hmm. she's like laying in bed all bony, and ugh, it scared me so bad. Well, you know the <laughs> the it director wants to do Pet Cemetery after it mm-hmm. chapter oh, two. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. he wants to remake I'm, Pet Cemetery. I'm fine with that. I, I think Pet Cemetery is a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I you know it's you know it's called Pet Cemetery, but it's not really about that. And right. I mean, technically, that's the MacGuffin of the story, but it's yeah. uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Stand by me. I think it would be remiss to not mention Stand by me. Absolutely, Stand by me is awesome because um, I just <laughs> think that was that was a movie from my yeah, another one from my childhood where I was just like it did give it that idolized vision of the fifties of like mm-hmm. you know you could you could be a ten year old Boy Scout and go off into the woods for a week and do whatever you wanted to. That part with the leeches scared me so yeah. much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a. I had a, uh, a standby-me moment with my friends uh, in the mountains in Wyoming when we all crawled out of a creek and were covered in leeches. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that happened no. in my life. Yeah. It was horrible. Mm. I, I, I had a few, like, at, at a Boy Scout camp one time. We used to do those. I don't know if... Were you ever in Boy Scouts, Matt? Yes. Did, did you guys ever do those? Uh, you might have gone to the same place up in, what was it, Mapledale it was called in Utah. Um there were, they had like those canoe wars out on the the like pond where you'd all get out in canoes and then whoever was the like you'd you'd start tipping everyone else's canoe and whoever was the last one in the pond won. Um, oh sure. And uh, so we we did we would do that every year. My boat actually won one year, so suck at everyone else that was there. Um, yeah. So yeah, take that. Yeah. This point of pride for me. Um, it goes on my mantle. Um, but no, there there was one year that I walked out and like there were just leeches all over my legs. I was like, "What the fuck do I do?" And then we just got matches and you know, yeah, mm-hmm. burn them off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that fuck leeches. I never want to have a leech on my body again. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Um, uh, other honorable mentions, I would say, <sighs> I like and also think it's really really bad. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> oh, I hated <laughs> I hated it so much. But like uh, the book was all right. Yeah. I don't know. It, like it, there's a part of me that likes it, and there's a part of me that's like the Duddits character's super annoying, and it's just mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I hated it. Yeah. There's uh, I did I what I was just gonna say. There's a movie that I've been having a hard time deciding if I want to put it on my best or worst list. Uh, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Oh, worst. Come on, man. Dude. Uh, that one's bad. It's that so bad. bad. 
<laughs> it's but it's so bad that it's really good. No, no, dude, I love it's completely that incompetent. I mean, Stephen King should—he's uh, a great writer. He has no business directing anything. I yeah, I love watching that movie because it's such—it's so like <laughs> tonally inconsistent. It's like it'll go and, and ACDC did the entire score for that movie. The whole oh, soundtrack is ACDC. Mm. It's amazing. No. My- I'm I'm sticking with it's bad. Actually, I've never seen that one. You've so never probably, seen it. It's that. Stephen oh. King's one and only directorial. Uh, uh, no, outing. I know. I, I, and he I, I, and he I, calls it the worst adaptation of any of his of any of his books <laughs> ever. <laughs> that's amazing. All I'm saying that's the, like if if anyone's ever having a bad movie night, that's my go-to pick. I've seen it probably like five times at this point. Uh, so good. Oh, okay. Wow. No, um, it's, I liked... it, it literally starts with Stephen King at like <laughs> like Stephen King as a guy like he he goes up to an ATM machine and the ATM t- machine tells him to fuck off. Um, yeah, wow. really that's good. how it starts. I yeah. love it. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fourteen oh eight. I liked fourteen oh eight with John Cusack. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Oh, I didn't like that movie. It's fine. That was pretty. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's not great. It's not terrible. Oh. I mean, like it's we, middle of the road. It, I'd say. But when you're talking about Stephen King adaptations, like you've got like the top five good ones, and then everything else is either middle of the road or bad. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Um, And so I would say that's on there. Uh, Um, I have an honorable mention of um, the misery. uh, Oh yeah, misery's fantastic. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, But uh, the the dead zone. um, I love the dead zone it's, and i love the dead great. zone tv show with anthony michael hall the, wow it, it's, i loved it so much it's great the dead zone the dead zone movie is so good the only thing like the thing that makes it because it's it's just a good movie i mean it's cronenberg so like it's a, and, right. it, and it's yeah. like good right. cronenberg um but like so it's a great movie and then you've got christopher walken in it in his like prime and yeah. and so he's awesome in it but the one the one downside of it is that even though Christopher Walken is in his prime it still has Christopher Walken in it and he's still Christopher Walken and so yeah. that can be super distracting i i feel like it would be awesome especially today with like all of the like political turmoil that we're dealing with i think that a remake of the dead zone would be like on point right now yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. Um uh yeah, I don't know. That's all my that's all my ones that I would I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll throw out Carrie. Mm-hmm. Car- yeah, I was gonna say Carrie's good. Mm-hmm. Carrie. I like the remake too. Which one? Um, Wait, yeah, there's the there's two. Oh, the newest one. Okay. The twenty thirteen one. See, yeah, that one got a lot of undue shit. Like Chloe Grace Moretz I thought was great. It wasn't like yeah. I don't think it was anything like it wasn't treading any new it, ground, but that was a fun. That yeah, was a good movie. that's. I think that's the problem is that it was kind of paint by numbers, where it was just like, right. what's the point yeah. of this? Um, right. Yeah, th- that's how I felt. Was what's the point? And I kind of have a nostalgia connection mm-hmm. to the original book and the movie. <laughs> so I just but hey, I, give me that over the rage carry two any day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's that is a horrible movie. It's like the most like oh man, that was when like oh the craft that was a big movie. Let's try and do the craft, but we have this carry property, so let's just make a sequel to that. Yeah, <laughs> only make it the craft. Um, oh man, uh, it was bad. It's the most nineties thing. Um, well, I'd be very <laughs> remiss if I didn't mention the dark half. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. George Romero, yeah. Uh, George Romero directed on that one. 
Sure. Yeah, he did. He did. One we of also, two Stephen King adaptations he did. Uh, I feel like, I mean, we have to mention Shawshank um, because, come on. Yes. But I guess that's yeah. one's obvious. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's Shawshank, one of the and it's, best movies ever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always interesting when you go into, uh, you know, like st- there's every once in a while there's one of those Stephen King like books and, and adaptations that's just tonally so much different than the rest of his work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Stand By Me is is also uh, a good example of that. Like, I don't know, it's it's interesting. Like, it does show that he's a, a very good writer that's not just one specific type, which he... I think oftentimes gets thought of as um, mm-hmm. right. that I don't know as a writer he's he's got a shit ton of range. That's the Shawshank's the highest rated movie on IMDb. Hell yeah, it is. It's a damn yeah. good movie, man. Damn good movie. Yeah. I I do want to also throw out uh, eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was an amazing series i thought that series uh, that series was better than the book from at least from what i read of the book i never finished it but i found the book pretty boring uh but i thought the series was was super interesting Mm -hmm. um and also this that makes me excited for castle rock uh the the adaptation that hulu's doing right now because jj abrams is also producing that one um Mm -hmm. uh our boy bill skarsgård is going to be in it as well sweet um yeah it's coming out like next year I'm, i'm crazy excited for that Nice. I I think I mean we don't know anything about it. I think Bill Skarsgård's playing Pennywise. I really do. Oh really? Yeah, because I think oh, ex- I think. Remember yeah. when they were talking about how they were going to make a Dark Tower TV series? I think this is. They're it. still going to. There's no. They're still doing the Dark no, Tower TV series. They're separate. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I think this is related to it. I think it's the same because because oh, okay. you know how like all yeah. the universes are connected, yeah. and that's what this is yeah. kind of doing. I think this is a companion piece to that. Because I think they're just going to try and erase the Dark Tower movie out of the continuity and start over. And I think they're going to do it with this Castle Rock show. I hope they would. But that's that's cool. If if they do that, it'll be interesting, though, because Castle Rock is on Hulu. But the Dark Tower series, from what I'm hearing, is like going to be on like either AMC or like FX or one of those networks. Yeah, Hmm. but even but even if it's on a different network, it doesn't mean that it's a different production company. No, it's it's true. Yeah, the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see. It would just it would just be interesting if they're doing like not only cross network but also prop cross platform. Like it would be an interesting, uh, interesting execution. Not I'm not saying mm-hmm. I doubt huh. it. I'm saying that it would be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I loved when I was a kid the Langoliers mm. so much. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I, at all. I, I not recently. I do remember it as a kid though. I when I was pulling up things, uh-huh. uh, I saw. The Tommy Knockers on there, Eesh. and Oof. I only remember that because I thought the name was really funny because uh-huh. I thought he was talking about boobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what did? What was been. that? Did wasn't there? Um, uh, uh, Steve back in the nineties when they were making all of those Stephen King miniseries, wasn't there one that wasn't based on, that he wrote, but wasn't based on a novel? Like he wrote it just fresh. I think it was like Storm of the Century or something like that. Yeah, Storm yeah. of the Century. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh man, I remember yeah. watching that because I think it it came right after the Shining miniseries which I was obsessed with when it aired. And so I was like, "Oh, Stephen King can do no wrong." And then I watched that and I was like, "Where's this going?" And then it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh, yep. okay." Yeah. Now, okay, here's well, if you guys if you guys don't if you guys don't remember the Langoliers, it's featured on many many Worst special effects of all time. Uh huh. YouTube videos. Wow. <laughs> oh but yeah. I don't know. I loved that. I thought that was such a cool story. Can we? So can the we? Book's, the book's amazing. Oh yeah. Can we get into worst? Uh, almost. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're firm. Oh, okay. okay. I, that's that's why. I, 
Yeah, okay, uh, so, we're about to get there. I just wanted to say one that I feel like oh. is super underappreciated that's really, really good. Uh, Mr. Mercedes, which is on the Audience Network. Huh. Super. I've never oh, even yeah. heard I've of heard, that network. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, so so the network is DirecTV's like, exclusive network or whatever. Um, oh. But it's also, they have like that new app, that TV app that they're doing. and so. But they have Brendan Gleeson plays the lead, and Harry Treadaway is the, the uh, like second lead or whatever. Um, mm. I've only seen one episode, but that episode was f- amazing. Like, it's really good. Uh, and the showrunner is David Kelly, who uh, has a pretty good resume. Um, yeah, hmm. I, I know that name. The book was really good. I read there's like there's like a trilogy. Yeah, there's a trilogy. It's, it's, it's really yeah. good. So David Kelly just won a bunch of Emmys for Big Little Lies. Mm. Huh. Yep. And, uh, I really want to see uh, G- Ger- Gerald's Game. That oh yes game. yeah oh uh, coming yeah. on Netflix that looks really good too. Netflix and Hulu yeah. are the new home for Stephen King adaptations, as far as I'm concerned. They've got yeah. 1922 and Gerald's Game coming out on Netflix, and then uh, Castle Rock on Hulu and 19 like just keep throwing all those over there, please. Although although 1922 got really bad reviews at Fantastic Fest, so oh no, it's yeah. been getting better reviews recently though, from what I've been seeing. Like at oh. least the stuff that I've saw, seen in the last couple of days. Maybe there's been a different cut or something. I don't know. Oh maybe I don't know. Okay. Huh. Who knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, worst. Worst. Worst Stephen King. Uh, so, so for me, you can't do something like Maximum Overdrive because <laughs> it's not a good story to begin with. Um, okay. So, so like <laughs> okay. a bad adaptation of a not great story, like that's not interesting. So Fair to enough. me, the worst one has to be the Stan TV show. Uh, the the, the miniseries <laughs> yes. because like it just doesn't it doesn't even come close like not, not even, even no. close not even a little bit not even a nope. little no. no nowhere no. near it it so it has to be the worst because it's like that is a I mean it's it's arguably it's either that or it is usually people's Steve, favorite Stephen King novel um, right and it just that TV show was like this is the post this is the high fantasy post apocalypse that I read about in the book like. What this is? Yeah. This is your your token your tokenized post apocalypse. Like I, wow, Carrie Sinise, really? I mm, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Rob Lowe, oh, Stephen man. King himself. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's always in. He was like the know. Alfred Hitchcock of his own adaptations <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I, I will say uh, there was almost probably a really good the stand adaptation because George Romero was developing one for like ten years mm. or something like that. Yeah, I, I the uh, the guy. I don't know if that would have been very this, good. This but. is gonna sound <laughs> weird, but the guy who directed The Fault in Our Stars, um, oh, prior boy. to prior to that movie, he did another movie called like The Writers or something. Or no, that was I'll the original title, and then Netflix made him change it to like Crazy in Love or some stupid title that they thought they could sell better. Josh um, Boone. But, yeah, Josh Boone. Stuck um, in love. And in that, and in that, stuck in love. That's the one. Um, so in that, he there's a uh, like the main character is like basically like him as a kid, and he was like obsessed with Stephen King. And um, the thing that made him believe that he could be a writer is that he got like a phone call from Stephen King, like having read like a short story that he wrote, and was like, "Keep on it." Um, and so, like, he became a writer after that. And so he's this massive Stephen King fan, and he did The Fault in Our Stars. But, like, The Fault in Our Stars is a really well-directed movie, even if, yeah. like, you don't love the schmaltiness of it. Like, it does yeah, some really, like, cool 
direction stuff um, for such a small uh, schmaltzy movie. And he did an interview with um, – I can't remember. It was a podcast I listened to. It might have been Kevin a Kevin Smith something maybe of all things. But, oh, like uh, the he, movie makers or something like that? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's, he, it, he was – in the process, he's now directing like the new the new, new mutants, mutants. Yeah. Um, which he just wrapped on. Um, but after that, he's apparently going back to his stand adaptation, which was a he's turning into like this two movie crazy epic. And he described the way that he's adapting it and the way he wants things to look and feel um, like the like the like the tunnel sequence um, and you know the rats and. Yeah. Um, so, like, he was, like, talking about all of that, and it just sounded amazing. Um, and I have complete belief that if he can get his version of the stand off the ground, it would be unbelievable. And and this would be a guy that we would all just be like, oh, my God, Josh Boone, direct anything you want. Um, because, like, the way he talked about it was, like, nuts. Um, I, I will say, the, the more I, really I hear about happens. his the more I hear about his New Mutants movie, the more I'm crazy excited for it. Uh, uh-huh. same because it's got like apparently there was one of the producers uh said it was like breakfast club meets uh the cuckoo's nest with x-men yeah which is an interesting mashup that i'm trying to picture in my head like basically like kids locked in this crazy nightmarish mansion uh you know the x-mansion and not being prepared for what they find stuff like that like i don't know it sounds pretty interesting because it seems like it's doing a lot of horror stuff mm-hmm. huh. yeah. but, i'm excited yeah. for that anyway the stand yeah. Stand, yeah. It needs a really great adaptation because that that miniseries uh, does not cut it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, For me, I was tempted to put Dark Tower, but it's such a nothing movie that I just don't really care. Uh, (laughs) I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to put that in there because it does also. It's not an adaptation, uh, technically. Yeah, it's like a sequel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what I what I decided to put was Cell, the uh, uh, John Cusack movie from I don't mm. know just a couple years ago. So here's what's funny about that. So I remember reading that book when it came out. Like you know, just you know, Stephen King book comes out, you read it, right? Yeah, like back in what 2003. Uh, I I don't know. I I do, but um, <laughs> I thought that book was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like kind of cliche and like zombie, whatever. Did not know it was adapted until today when I was looking and I was like, oh <laughs> shit, it, there's a movie. What the hell? It's got John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson? Like, how could that be bad? Mm. Uh, apparently, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 not good. <laughs> it's not good. I never read the book, uh, but I, you know, I'm sure the premise of the book was a lot fresher when the book was released. But in 20- That's a big part of it, yes. In 2016, it was like, it was kind of, it was. Uh, Yep, mm. I know. No, I know. Yeah, it's 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 it 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 was a it was a hot book for about a year, yeah. and then it's like when Who you watch the internship yeah. when the internship was released in like 2014, and you're like, really? Like old people not understanding Google? Uh, that's, that's kind of an old hat <laughs> yeah. thing to, to try and who, play who out. Who directed the Cell movie? Uh, Todd Williams. Let's see. I don't know what else he's worked mm. on. Oh, Paranormal Activity two, The Door in the Floor. And the Adventures uh, of Sebastian Cole, whoever that is. Wow! Wow! Yeah, Eli Roth. Eli Roth tried to do it. I remember that, but um, mm-hmm. his didn't get off the ground. I guess. But yeah, he was like, 
if I'm not mistaken, he was trying to adapt it like before the book was even out. Like it was like one of those things where he like read the manuscript and was adapting it and then it didn't work out. So that's probably – and I remember reading about that like – in I was living in my my old town because I remember where I was when I was when I read about it, um, and so yeah, that probably would have been at least more timely if it had come out then. But yeah. this thing came out like last year, so it did. that's insane. And guess, yeah, so <laughs> it stars John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Guess how much money it made at the box office? It's like six hundred fifty thousand, right? Yeah, a, a little under eight hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's insane yeah. for a Stephen well, King. No, I don't think it, got a, it was it was a direct video. Yeah, it was a VOD movie. Yeah, well, then yeah. that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because everybody was like, "Well, I'm not distributing that garbage." Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's definitely my worst. I I watched that uh, like I don't know, maybe two or three months ago. Not good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. What are you gonna do? Yep. What about you guys? Uh. <sighs> I don't know. I, it, it, it doesn't count, but Lawnmower Man, I guess. <laughs> Scott declared maybe, it. It's just it's not it's not really an adaptation though, because uh, it's it's uh, he, Stephen King sued yeah. the movie place to have his name removed because it was not an adaptation. Yeah, <laughs> just it was like name only. So I don't know, but that was I don't like I don't know whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I can't think of anyone that's really bad. Silver Bullet was pretty horrible. Mm. Yeah, that that one's on my. Bad list. The, the effects in that are Cujo's so bad. bad. Yeah, um, they are. Oh man, I, I hated Christine because that's kind of like another maximum overdrive type yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand Stephen King's obsession with cars. Like, I don't. It's weird. He was a kid in the fifties. That's all it is. I guess. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have thinner. Oh yeah, list. thinner was thinner was bad. I, yeah, I remember watching that even <laughs> as a kid, and I thought that was pretty yeah. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another one where it's like the book, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, well, not you know, adaptable. You know no. what's funny about about thinner is that I mean, it's basically it, it's almost as if uh, like Sam Raimi was a huge fan of thinner, like the uh-huh. book, and <laughs> yeah. and then saw the movie and was like that was awful, and then wrote Drag Me to Hell because it's basically right. the same premise of like right. it, it really is, <laughs> and it, it's. It's done so much better. It's so much better in Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> so if you want to see a real thinner adaptation, just watch Drag Me to Hell because it's it's yeah. better. Yeah, it's way better. Um, yeah, just do that. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> Before we get into like you know which books we want to see uh, adapted and stuff, uh, we did have a bunch of people answer on Instagram uh, saying mm. what their favorite oh, yeah, Stephen was, King adaptation was. Um, I was just gonna. Uh, it, what's funny though is as as I'm looking through it, it's like Stand by Me, Shawshank, The Shining. And some other ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the S's. Good, good summation, man. Um, uh, well, no, because the other ones, uh, a couple, we got a couple maximum overdrives. Fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Facebook, we got a Rose Red, I think it was called. Oh, okay. Called. I never saw oh. that. I never saw that, no. but that was somebody's favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our friend of the show, uh, Junior Shabadoo, liked Doolin's Cadillac. Yeah, he said. He said. So label Speaks. me. Well, he said. So label me. Label me a cliche if you wish, but it has to be Shawshank. But if I had to pick a short story, hands down, it's Doolin's Cadillac. I know there's a direct to DVD, but no, just no. Was his full comment? Uh, yeah, I don't. 
I don't remember saw that. I guess that that's another car one. Uh, honestly, you don't care about Stephen King's car movies. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't either. I I just never. You, we'll see. But you guys I aren't car people. Never I, got I, it. I, I like the car stuff. Yeah. Hey, I watch Top Gear. Rachel's a Top Gear fanatic. <laughs> I love fan. cars. Yeah, yeah. I play Need for Speed, Gran Turismo, <laughs> Forza. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Let's see. Somebody said in animated series said Christine needs more love. Apparently. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. that. It, it really doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's I, that's pretty much it. And then uh, I had some other comments on Facebook that were uh, some other stuff, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And I I'm pulling it up, but I don't know. Fuck it. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Carrie the Shining, Shawshank Redemption, like a bunch of a uh, bunch of the ones we've talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And sorry, we we uh, we put out the call to like send in emails and voicemails and all that stuff, but we didn't really give people men- much time before we actually recorded because that episode only went up a couple days ago. Uh, but we had to cram yeah. our recording schedule because I'll be out of town. But thank you for everybody who's probably going to be sending stuff in this week after we record it. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, we we we, we can always uh, we can always we can always uh, revisit it. Revisit it. Um, so what is there like for, for each of us, unless you wanted to spend more time talking about the bad ones, um, which book do you guys think should be adapted next or, or deserves an adaptation or uh, let's, I I would say phrase it in which book, uh, maybe has a bad adaptation that could be up updated to be something better. Okay. We can, we can flex it that way because looking at his list of movie books that are not yet movies there's like 3 mm-hmm. there's more than that. Uh, <laughs> no there's well, not yes, really there well, are. my my pick is a short story oh so mine was two but i can't remember the name of it and then, then i was like oh i'll just look through the list of stephen king short story names and there's uh, <laughs> like at least yeah there's oh, a yeah. million of them so he publishes like at least what four the, a year <laughs> I'll never remember what the name I, of it is, but I'm curious if we picked the same one. What's, though. Y- what's yours? Uh, I have it pulled up here. Mine is the jaunt. Which one's that? That's where they do the teleportation to Mars, and it's called oh. jaunting. Oh yeah, that one's good. That's so yeah. good. I forgot about yeah. that one. That uh, one. That's I not abs- mine, but that one's really good. Yeah, so that'd be like a good Black Mirror episode. When I looked episode. this up to see, because it, it absolutely terrified me when the kid. Um, doesn't inhale the anesthesia when they are doing the jaunt and then the dad wakes up to him screaming and all his hair is white and he's clawing at his face and you're saying oh it's, yeah it's so much longer than you like expected and he's just like freaking out i thought that would be an amazing thing to kind of expand on yeah. in a movie yeah so when i was looking this up it says it is in development by the guy that directed it. Cool. Nice. So we might might see it. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I was really excited when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. Uh I, I really uh really dig that. Um my pick was th- uh, the Blaze. Go ahead. Or Blaze, actually, sorry, not the Blaze. You guys read this one? Probably. It it doesn't sound familiar by the title. So this is this is a Richard Bachman book. Mm. Um, oh, okay. A mentally handicapped small time con artist who kidnaps a wealthy gentleman's baby son 
in hopes of fulfilling uh, the dreams of the person, deceased best friend uh, and partner in crime. Uh, and it, the chapters alternate between uh, Blaze's past, the main character Blaze's past, which covers like his childhood um, and how he got his brain damage. Um, and then F- other parts where he sort of went into like a life of you know crime and, and all that stuff. Um, and then what he's doing in the present. So it's very like narratively jumbled. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's a different type of story from Stephen King. You know, it's more of like a crime thing and kind of a, a wish fulfillment, um, type story. And, and it's, it's got an interesting premise with like an imaginary friend and, and all that stuff. Uh, so I think it would be a very interesting one to adapt to film, uh, to kind of, you know, like it's, it's just something different that I don't think is necessarily super present, uh, in film right now. And, and not right along the same lines as most of Stephen King's stuff. Granted, I haven't read the book, uh, but based on premise <laughs> alone, which is like yeah. oftentimes what they do with the Stephen King adaptations in general is just take the premise and do something with it. Uh, I'm, you know, I'd, I'd watch that movie in a heartbeat. Hmm. Hmm. So I, I, I just found the one I was thinking of. Uh, the short story is called, You Know They Got a Hell of a Band. Oh. Oh. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Saw that book in the and, list. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's from um, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, uh, and it's like this couple traveling through Oregon, and they go and they like make their, they like find their way into this town, and it's full of dead rock stars. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, anyway, it's cool. Like the like the police chief is uh, uh, Gene or, or Simmons. The mayor rather is it, the, the mayor's Elvis Presley. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was going to be Gene so, Simmons. I don't know. No, it, it sounds great, and it's, it'd be it's more of like a, a like a kind of a love letter to. You know, rock and roll. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of cool. Or the other one I thought would be cool was uh, Ur. Do you guys ever read Ur? Mm-mm. Where, where the guy gets so. the... The guy orders a... It's like an Amazon special, but it's actually a pretty cool story. A guy orders a Kindle, uh, and they ship they ship him a pink Kindle. <laughs> like, and then and he, like, he finds out that it's a Kindle from an alternate timeline with all this like alternate timeline information all over it. Oh. Uh, oh. It's, and then, I've heard and about the story. gets weirder from... The story gets weirder from there, but it's really cool. That sounds That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. How many how many of those like straight to Kindle ad- uh, books did he do? Like there was one that got adapted to a film that was really really bad. But hasn't he done like five or six like just Kindle books? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um. What about you, uh, Scott? I I mean I I don't uh, I I was having trouble trying to figure out how to search for his short stories. Um, Wikipedia. Like Matt said, <laughs> uh, most of his novels have been adapted. Um, so uh, I mean, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with the stand, and I'm gonna say what I said earlier, which is a remake of uh, the Dead Zone should mm. happen. Yeah. 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 Yes, I completely agree. I am really with you, though. I would love to see a proper the stand mm-hmm. adaptation because yeah. the stand is such a cool book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, can even, awesome. you can even do it as a TV show now, like on like that. I was gonna larger, say, yeah. Uh, you know, larger uh, HBO kind of budget or what have you. Give it. And could you imagine yeah. if HBO, yeah. like Game of Thrones, wraps up and they're like, "Okay, we're doing the stand." God, would shit bricks. Awesome. It'd be amazing. God, imagine yeah. if um, after American Gods wraps up, Brian Fuller was like, "I'm going to do the stand next." Oh yes, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Dear Brian I, Fuller. I just, I just want to see. I I feel like the stand needs to be yeah uh, like it needs to be redeemed a bit from that miniseries mm-hmm. because that was just the worst. Yeah, it still got pretty favorable reviews though. People like it. My mom loves it. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> she watches it so much. So it's not like it's a universally hated thing. Yeah, but I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm it just, just doesn't, it, you know. It's 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 the opposite of the Kubrick Shining. It doesn't make me feel the way the book makes me feel. Sure. Yes. Totally. Did you guys know that J.J. Uh, Abrams, Carlton Cuse, and Damon Lindelof were developing a Dark Tower TV series for a long time? Huh. Yes. Yeah. I know that. I like. I, I found that out when I was researching today, and I was like, "Holy shit! That would have been incredible." Yeah, the way they had it set up, I was so excited for it, and then when they changed everything, it just it broke my heart a little bit. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's pretty much all I got for Stephen King. Was there? Or actually, Matt. You're you're a big yes. Twilight Zone fan. Uh, I am. What did you think of the Twilight Zone uh, grandma episode? So that was from the eighties, yeah. like the Twilight Zone like reboot thing. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember it. I don't remember that at all. The only thing I remember that Stephen King and Twilight Zone had to do with was the Twilight Zone movie had uh, was it the movie or was it a, a creep show? It might have been creep show, but it was. No, I think it was Twilight Zone. Where Stephen King plays like a podunk farmer and he touches some like gook in a meteorite and it turns like covers him with the fuzz. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He like gets covered in moss and he just kind of turns into this big plant monster. Yeah. I think that was Twilight Zone. I, I'm pretty sure it's Twilight anyway, Zone. Anyway, that's like that's my connection there. And I, I always thought I always liked that because Stephen King plays a pretty good uh, podunk farmer. Mm. Uh, fun fact The Jaunt was first published in Twilight Zone magazine. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Mm. There you go. Also, gotta hey, give go. a gotta give a shout out to uh, Chinga, the uh, oh, yeah. the X Files yeah. episode that he wrote. Um, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. I still would have liked to have seen like the the actual script he wrote and not um, the one that uh, Chris Carter rewrote to make it feel more like the X Files. Um, but uh, oh sure, yeah. I just not not necessarily like that they make it, but I wouldn't mind reading his like original draft uh, to see if it was sure. better because yeah. like, like the final episode is fine. Um, and you can see like little Stephen Kingisms in there, but it definitely feels more like X Files than I was expecting. And uh, I'd like to see what his original draft read like. Yeah, mm. uh, Matt, and I got one final because we're a comic book podcast. Yes, mm. he did. Is that what you're going to mention, Jay? Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, oh, um, he did uh, a motion comic called N. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, Back in like the early two thousands, it was like uh, kind of this new like Stephen King. He's it's comics and motion comics and blah blah blah. <laughs> but it's really, it's really good. It's kind of this guy's descent into madness, looking at these, going to this place and looking at these stones and seeing these stones shifting locations. And it sounds kind of simple and dumb, but it's it's pretty great. Anytime I, was, I pitch anything ever, I'm going to bring you in the room with me, Matt, so that you can pitch it for me. <laughs> so you can just be like, it's a motion motion comics yeah that's how i do it just that's make my, noises that's my... at people yeah yeah yeah. that's how i do it uh, i was uh it'll sell scott it'll scale <laughs> it'll sell i mean I, I i have no doubt you're one of the best ones I, out there i'm one of the best ones out there man um I'm yeah so matt's, no, matt's magic in a, in a pitch in a pitch meeting um have you oh, have yeah. you listened to my uh matt pitches a movie episode because oh no that was a while ago you guys, that movie—that's a deep cut, Savage Land dollars. episode. It sure yeah. is. Um, I was—I was going to mention Matt that that Grandma episode of the Twilight uh, reboot. It's written by none other than Harlan Ellison, so you might want to give it a shot. Um, is it really Harlan Ellison? Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Okay. Uh, I think I've—I'm I've, fairly certain I've seen it. I just don't remember it because I, I saw—I was looking. 
I was looking at a uh, like I hit the Wikipedia of it, and it's like the kid, and he's like possessed or something. And I was like, I eh, kind of that's familiarish. It stands above the rest. But see, I don't, I don't like the Twilight Zone. It colorized though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't like the colors. Anyway, um, but uh, I, I also wanted to piggyback on the comic book comment. Uh, Stephen King co-wrote the first volume of American Vampire by Scott Snyder mm. and Raphael Albuquerque. Good pull. That is yes, true. he did. Yep, and it's it. amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Quite fantastic. Yeah. Um, that'd be a good adaptation i could see that ad- being adapted and like like finally breathing some fresh blood oh. into vampires uh, <laughs> yeah into vampires if, yes. if it weren't a vertigo series it's kind of like what brian wood was talking about on the show how because those vertigo series are still they're creator owned but warner brothers holds the rights to adapt them uh they end up like just not going anywhere when they try to adapt because so many complications get in the way i'm sure if, if I'm that not, was yeah if hmm? i'm not mistaken i think American Vampire is the last Vertigo series not under that rule. Well, no, because that the, that was the I earlier think, rule. No, 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 because I think I think when Stephen King came on, he was like, "I will come on this book, but we need to retain the rights." Like, I think he like pulled rank as Stephen King. I don't. Or something I don't think like so because Scott Snyder's mentioned in interviews that he doesn't fully own it. Oh. That's disappointing. Um, cause that, and, and that was how, like, the Sandman, that's what's blocked the Sandman adaptations a lot of the time, is that Warner Brothers holds those rights. Um, well, st- look, Sandman doesn't need to be attempted. It doesn't. I agree. Uh, but, like, DMZ <laughs> as well has been in development hell forever. And, like, Vertigo just, mm-hmm. they, they, Warner Brothers can't get their shit together with adapting some of this stuff. But I think if it were in Stephen King and Scott Snyder's hands, and I'm sure because Stephen King's name on it, name is on it, it's been approached a bunch of times by people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just like Warner Brothers always sucks at getting those Vertigo series adapted. Well, they have that. Um, they have that new uh, streaming service they're starting. Maybe yeah. they'll expand into like Vertigo titles. Uh, God, that would after be the while. best way to do it because like they're doing that t- yeah. Titans TV series, which apparently they're pouring some money into as well mm-hmm. as Young Akiva Justice. Akiva Goldsmith. <laughs> I know Akiva Goldsmith's there, but I actually believe in the writing staff that he has. So. Yeah, I know some of the writers right. on that show, and they're 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 good peeps. Um, I like what they're doing with the cast too. So. Yeah, it, it looks good. Anyway, uh, that would be amazing. That would be the best possible use of that streaming service is to start adapting Vertigo series like DMZ and American Vampire and some of that stuff. I would sign up in a freaking heartbeat if they were just doing that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's <laughs> a that's a rant for another day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else we wanted to say about Stephen King before we go, guys? Hmm. Not right now. We'll wait. Mm. We'll wait a month, we, and then four more adaptations <laughs> yeah. will be out. Can we? Can uh. we transition into Joe Hill? I have more to say about Joe Hill. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, I I could also say a whole lot about Joe. <laughs> he's he's the yeah. only. I think he's the only novelist that I read blind. I don't know anything about the books when they come out, and I just buy them and read them. I think he's the only. I do novelist. the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He's awesome. Believe yeah. you us, Scott. Uh, we we may be proving to have a lot to say about Joe Hill in the future. Just a mm. little, little teaser there. Uh, um, fr- yeah. Freaking <laughs> Netflix <laughs> needs to <laughs> get on buying Heart Shaped Box. How that's not already a Netflix original movie, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, Heart Shaped Box is amazing, and it's so like it. You can make it for such a low budget. <laughs> Heart shaped box. That's my Nirvana impersonation. Yeah, that was a really bad Nirvana impression. <laughs> sounded more like Creed. Um, it did sound like Creed. <laughs> it sounded like Creed if he was like a Muppet. <laughs> Wait, is he not? Which just sounds like the worst. Uh, he might thing. be. <laughs> he might be. Um, Scott, where where can all the listeners find you on all the interwebs? 
Uh, DuelingGenre.com. Um, I don't know when this is airing, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Spider-Man Minute is wrapping up our first season. You guys just guessed it on it. Uh, we're wrapping up the first movie, um, and we're going to go on hiatus and be back next year to do Spider-Man 2. But uh, in the meantime, I'm doing Cornetto Minute with my Back to the Future Minute co-host. It's a lot of podcasts I just spouted. Um, Back is. to the Future Minute's over. Uh, and now we're moving on to the Cornetto trilogy, the Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. And we're starting with great movies, Shaun of the Dead uh, later in October, like mid-October is when we're starting that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, you can check out all of our other stuff at DuelingGenre.com. And I'm on social media places uh, just as my name. Um, Scott Corelli. So you can find. He got me. it. He hammered it yeah. down. That SEO Scott Corelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> SEO master. Um, uh, and y- you can find us Savage Land Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter uh, at Savage Land Podcast. You can find us on. Oh no, sorry, Facebook and Instagram Savage Land Podcast. Twitter Savage Land Pod. Um, you can send us an email if you want to tell us like how what your favorite Stephen King adaptation was. Mm-hmm. Although most of, a lot of you already did, and we appreciate that. Uh, at letters at Savage Land Podcast. And uh, we're still waiting. We're still waiting for that uh, that elusive uh, voicemail four one three Savage four. Give us a call on your telephone. Are you driving to work right now, Todd? <laughs> call me. Call me right now four one three Savage four. Tell us what you think, Todd. Tell us what you think and uh, rate and review on iTunes, and we would love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, support our sponsors, uh, T Blocks and Comic Bento. You can find their information in the show notes. Uh, I'll probably insert a sponsorship message since I totally forgot on both episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, support that shit and, and go check everything out. Love love the stuff. At some point in the near future, a Zach Kaplan interview is coming up. Yeah. True. Mm. True. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for Thanks being for on, Scott. Thank you. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. Beep, beep, Richie.
I got you, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's on point because we're talking about Stephen King. Oh, I know, right? I was like, I was about to, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, oof, man. I wanted to bring the some, element of surprise back right into now. our cold opens. I feel like they've been so mad at you. <laughs> I was, I was going to bring the element of surprise because, uh, I'm one, of, I'm one of the best out there. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like we've we've been doing the the same, literally the same exact uh, like intro for our cold opens for like years, and so uh, I wanted to no, wanted to mix it, was it up. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. I appreciated it, and that's why I was a little butthurt about it. Yeah, because it was because <laughs> you did it good. good well, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate the ego stroking. Uh, don't get too comfortable with it. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. You said you said some very uh, uh, you said some very provocative things about me on the last episode. I sure did. Talk yep. about talk about stroking, <laughs> Scott. Whoa. You missed you missed some hot audio from uh, from Matt on the last episode. I had to cut it out because Matt made me, but I really wanted to put it in. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I didn't make you. You you had you said I should put it in, and I saw you wrote that, but I d- didn't have a chance to respond. And then I kind of like well, but. Was I was doing something else, and then you're like, I didn't put it in. I was like, and the, but in my head, I was like, eh, I don't care if he does. Well, beforehand though, you said that that you like when even on the audio, you were I like, ch- no, please I don't know, put that I in. I know, I know, I know. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed at the things that came out of my mouth. It, it was, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. The things that came out of your mouth, or the <laughs> things that came into your mouth. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> Matt I'm, sure you, I'm sure you saved it on your hard drive and you just play yep. it on repeat going to bed at night. I did actually save it just in case Ew. I feel like using it, but I do not listen to it. <laughs> blackmail. I got blackmail now. Yep. Okay. Should we oh, start shit. it on a That's playlist funny. that he just listens to in his car? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not it's not every day that uh that one of my friends tells me <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Oh man. That's good stuff. Um okay, we'll go out. Let's get started. Okay.